Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go, live in Los Angeles on a Thursday. It's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Loaded today, Lane Johnson, Philadelphia Eagles, one of the great right tackles of all time, will be joining us. J-Mac and I are going out tonight, (laughs) knocking them down at an undisclosed location. Um, So, yesterday I tried to be glass half full column with the Patriots. Then they signed Devontae Parker, <laughs> who's had one good year in nine seasons to a huge contract, and I, I shake my head. That's two bad wide receiver deals on the books. Two guys that can't separate. <laughs> and a fortune. It's, it's unbelievable. But I was thinking about this to start. Um, listen, it's kind of the American way. Like, we build people up and tear them down. But we worship in this country. We worship music stars, comedy stars, sports stars, and coaches. And, you know, I understand it. Nick Saban, Mike Krzyzewski, for like four decades, can dominate because you have an endless supply of talent. And in college, Saban and Coach K are GM, coach, owner. I mean, they, they run the whole show. But in pro sports, everybody has a timeline. Greg Popovich loses Duncan. He's only so good, right? And, and, and there's a lot of worship for Bill Belichick. But then we got new information. Brady left, and they're not very good. And... I mean, do people realize, I saw a story this morning from Tom Curran saying, this is a really pivotal year for Bill Belichick. And maybe we should all just take a step back and go, what really is he without Tom Brady? He doesn't get along with his quarterback. He just made a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator, a silly move that's toned after offense. What is he without Tom Brady? And it's really funny. I don't think most people really talk about it. So in Cleveland, he was 36 and 44, ran through quarterbacks as a head coach, 36 and 44. Before Brady in New England, they were in big trouble. 
He and Eric Mangini, before the kickoff, were talking to Herm Edwards. They were talking about, in New England, putting their homes for sale if they didn't win that year. He was 5-11. and 11. Since Brady left, he's a 500 coach. Now, he went 11-5. and five. Brady got hurt. Matt Castle stepped in. But it should be duly noted, they were undefeated the year before with Brady and a stacked roster. Castle went 11-5. and five. They still couldn't make the playoffs with arguably the best roster and the best team unquestionably in the sport, couldn't make the playoffs. Belichick has one career playoff win without Brady. Ten, ten total seasons. Seven of them losing seasons. I mean, that, that's it, right? He's not a successful NFL head coach without Brady. Ten seasons, seven losing seasons. By the way, last year's draft where they needed speed, he drafted two kickers and three guards, first three picks defensive players. Totally tone-deaf to offense. This is not the case with all coaches. Andy Reid, without Mahomes, 19 seasons, 14 winning seasons, and 13 playoffs. Andy Reid is one with multiple quarterbacks in multiple cities. Multiple teams, multiple cultures, multiple assistants. Belichick's career is absolutely, inarguably tied to one player, Brady. Other, otherwise, 10 years, one playoff win, seven losing seasons. I mean, you had to give Pete Carroll credit last year. Got to the playoffs with Geno Smith. Got to a couple of Super Bowls with Russell Wilson. Dominant college coach with multiple quarterbacks. Belichick's career is tied to one player. Brady's career isn't tied to Belichick anymore. He left to a wobbly, wanky franchise and won a championship first year. In a COVID year when they could have no preseason. So Mahomes has been great for Andy Reid. Nobody would dispute that. But 14 of 19 years... Andy Reid made the conference championship four straight years in the NFC. I would know Mahomes. So this idea of worship, we have new information. Bills never really won without Tom Brady. Didn't win in Cleveland with all the quarterbacks. Didn't win pre-Brady. Didn't win post-Brady. And that's why it's so bizarre to me that instead of empowering the quarterback, Mac Jones, it's almost like, He's suppressing him. Yesterday, they re-signed Devontae Parker. One good year in the league. Last in the league in separating. Is it an ego thing? I don't know. I'm not doubting Belichick's brilliance on special teams and defense. I'm not doubting his understanding of football. But you can't deny what I'm saying. It's not an opinion. It's just numbers. Never won without Brady. And I'm not talking winning big. I'm just talking winning. Ten years, seven losing seasons. So why is he suppressing Mac Jones? From that, I moved to this topic. Travis Kelsey yesterday. J-Mac and I got into this discussion. So Travis Kelsey's a great tight end for Kansas City. And he said, you know, he goes, you know, sometimes it, it makes you think you're being taken advantage of because my agents are always telling me, my managers and agents love to tell me how underpaid I am. And when I see Tyreek go and get 30 large in the back of my head, I was like, man, that's two, three times what I'm making. 
The free market looks fun until you go somewhere you don't win. I love winning. I love the situation we're in. So he gets it. By the way, ask Tyreek Hill what it was like to catch passes from three different quarterbacks or watch his personal life unraveling. Kansas City was good for Tyreek Hill. They win without him. But Travis Kelsey's agents care about making money. What you can't buy is legacy and happiness in winning. So the average team tight end salary, meaning what a team pays all their tight ends, they carry four, all combined, $11.9 million. Travis Kelsey makes $14.3 million per year. In fact, the average NFL tight end makes $2 million a year. Travis Kelsey makes over seven times that. And due to Andy Reid and Mahomes, there's a reason Travis Kelsey hosted Saturday Night Live once. He wouldn't if Kirk Cousins was his quarterback. And there's a reason he's playing on a televised golf match tonight on TV. He wouldn't if Dak was his quarterback. Travis Kelsey makes over 5 to 10 to $15 million a year in endorsements. Nike, T-Mobile, Old Spice, Tide, Walgreens, McDonald's, Sleep Number, Dick Sporting Goods, Papa John's. You're not getting those with 99% of the quarterbacks in this league. Burrow, maybe, Mahomes, absolutely. And that's the thing. Derek Jeter always understood the value of the Yankees. He would not have been able to buy the Marlins or a piece of them if he was a pirate, a royal, or a mariner. Kobe Bryant, to his credit, threatened once, but he always understood the value of the Lakers brand and Jerry West and Jerry Buss and Phil Jackson's coaching. You could go get a Gasol, a Shaq, right? That's, that's who you get to play with when you're a Laker. Jeter got it, Kobe got it, and Travis Kelsey gets it. And it's okay to think two things simultaneously. That Travis Kelsey is great, and he greatly benefits from his environment. He is not the same player, and I love him. Take out Reed and Mahomes, maybe the Hunt family, Brett Veach. They're very lucky. A, 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 A. In fact, A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. Owner, GM, coach, quarterback. So, I mean, I love Don Hanley when he went solo. But he was better with the Eagles. I mean, Don Hanley had a number one hit. But look at the size of the venues he played when he was with the Eagles compared to Don Henley solo. He came back, realized there is great value in being part of a collective, brilliant people around me. So agents have one concern, money. It's how they get paid. Kelsey, Jeter, Kobe always understood you can't buy happiness. You can't, you can't buy wins. Ask the New York Mets. You can't buy legacy. Travis Kelsey is now in the conversation of greatest player in the history of the league at his position. I'm not sure agents really care about that. Travis Kelsey, thankfully, smartly, does. $14.3 million for a tight end. That is a lot of lettuce. <laughs> I think that's the second lowest paid unit outside of safety in the league. It's like tight end safety guards. They don't, get, they don't, they don't make money. Average tight end salary in the league is $2 million. Travis makes 14-3 salary. I would guess he's at $25 million a year with all his endorsements. That's good living. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up. And so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling, Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. So we got into a debate yesterday, J-Mac and I did, about um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles will pull back this year. I think they'll still win the division, but last year it was was pretty remarkable. 13-14 wins, rolling over everybody. And my point was, look at the quarterbacks they faced. I mean, even against Brock Purdy in the playoff game, Christian McCaffrey scores. You're like, we got ourselves a real game in Philadelphia. Purdy gets hurt. I'm not saying... They didn't create a lot of this or didn't deserve their wins, but they're going to pull back. And so you're going to be as good. Even great teams aren't going to beat the great quarterbacks consistently. They're not. I'll give you three examples in a second. What you have to do is beat the mediocre to good quarterbacks every week. But you're going to lose most of the time when you face great quarterbacks. So if you look at the Eagles' schedule this year, at Matt Stafford, followed by at Aaron Rodgers, followed by Tua and Mike McDaniel, There's Dak at Mahomes, Josh Allen at Dak, Kyler Murray's back end of year. I'm not going to count at Seattle, cross country, and Geno. But that's eight games against what we would perceive as very good quarterbacks. So go back to the Chiefs last year. You're like, nobody could beat the Chiefs. Yeah, actually, Josh Allen and Burrow did. They lost to both. Year before, Rams won the Super Bowl. They were rolling. Lost to Kyler Murray, Rodgers, and Garoppolo twice. Garoppolo, like Dak, is a good quarterback. Three years ago, Tom Brady, they rolled people. Actually, he went 0-2 against Breeze, lost to Mahomes, and lost to Goff. Those are Super Bowl winning teams. Eagles haven't been with Jalen Hurts. They're going to win a bunch of games this year. But most, maybe Tony Gwynn's the exception, most even Hall of Fame hitters don't get most of their hits off aces. They hit the two, three, and four starters. That's just the reality of it. So when I say I can, I believe Philadelphia is going to be good, but it's not going to look like last year, where they got ahead of bad quarterbacks, 
bad quarterbacks who trail become awful quarterbacks. Average quarterbacks who trail become bad quarterbacks. Solid quarterbacks who trail by two touchdowns become mediocre. So now they're going to face quarterbacks who are better from behind, better taking the lead, big trouble when they do lead. Philadelphia is going to be really good. I don't think they're going to be great just because of who they play. Go look at the last three Super Bowl teams. They lose. Kansas City last year faced Burrow and Allen. 0-2. There you go. That's the way it works. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Warren Sharp is an analytical guy. So baseball, basketball have a lot of analytics. Football doesn't feel like they have as many, but Warren Sharp does provide those. So there's a new deal. The Patriots re-signed old 31-year-old Devontae Parker, uh, and they gave him $33 million potentially for three years. So Juju Smith-Schuster they just spent three years on, and he can't really separate. He's a good two or a three, but he can't separate. You want your number one receiver to be able to get open a lot and separate. Devontae Parker can't. Uh, so they signed an old guy who in eight NFL years has had one good one. Last year, he caught 31 balls, and they just gave him $33 bucks potentially for three years. So Warren Sharp, who again, does Warren work at this company sometime, does some stuff for us here? He does some stuff for FoxSports.com last season. I don't know if he has Okay, so he, he does some, some stuff. He kind of illuminates the reality of players. And so in wide receiver separation, do you separate from your corner? Are you more open? Devontae Parker is last in the league three years in a row. No receiver in the league separates less, makes it harder for your quarterback. Remember Brady screaming, can you guys get open? So Juju Smith-Schuster, more of a slot guy, can get open, but he's not a great separator. In fact, Warren Sharp goes even one step further. He said Mac Jones only targeted Parker 34 times last year. Four were picked. That's the number one highest pick rate for any receiver in the league plus 20 targets. Parker can't separate, and it's very much a challenge. So, I have, I have a, I'll throw this at you, J-Mac, and you tell me if you buy into my argument. So Belichick has always controlled the Patriots, and then there was the moment. Brady said, get Garoppolo out of here. And Belichick, like Garoppolo, is a second-round pick. It's the first time Bill's power was usurped. To that point, Brady had been a team guy, a Bill guy, whatever Bill says. We learned later in Tom's documentary, his wife said it'd be nice just to have more input and get respect. So Tom always played nice. Then on Garoppolo, he went above Bill to Robert Kraft. Kraft supported Brady, pissed off Bill, and Garoppolo got sent out the door to the NFC. They gave him away, essentially. Gave him away for nothing. A starting quarterback that went to the Super Bowl eventually. And so here comes Mac Jones, right? And Brady left because he didn't have a say. Tom Brady the GOAT didn't have a say. So here comes Mac Jones. Cocky. McEnroe Jones has an attitude, outspoken. Bill says, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. I'm not relinquishing control of the franchise again. So I want to win, but we're going to win my way. So he hires last year a DC, a defensive coordinator to OC. Suppress Mac Jones. Stop talking or I'll do this. Right? Like everybody in football know, this is dumb. Bill's not dumb. That was to suppress Mac Jones. You want to talk trash? Welcome to my world. I run the franchise. 
I ran it before Brady took it. We're not doing that again. So what does he do? He goes out and signs. They don't have any tight ends that separate. So he goes out and signs Devontae Parker for three years and Juju Smith-Schuster for three years. Parker separates less than any receiver in the league, and Juju doesn't really separate. So what is it saying? Bill is saying, we're going to win my way. Defense, special teams, run game. No ad-libbing, no superstar quarterback, scheme dependent. Even the last two drafts have been illuminating. The Patriots have one clear essential need, and everybody in Patriot land knows it. I lived there for 10 years. They're slow. They have no playmakers. In the last two drafts, in the first five rounds, that's where you get most of your good players. They have drafted one wide receiver. No tight ends. No speed guys. They have, in that time, drafted four offensive linemen, multiple five defensive backs, two kickers, or one kicker. Look at, they didn't go after, and by the way, they drafted a backup quarterback. So they drafted somebody behind Mac Jones to put pressure on him. One wide receiver when it's their number one need. Again, it is Belichick saying, we're going to be scheme-dependent, coach-dependent, run-game-dependent, defense-dependent. I'm not relinquishing control of this franchise to a young kid with an attitude. Now, you can say what you want, but right now Vegas has them as the fourth-place team. So this constant Belichick worship, which he earned a lot of it until Brady left and we figured, oh, Tom now can win without Bill and Bill can't win without Tom. So Mac Jones at Bama, how do we know Mac Jones? He had two first-round wide receivers and a second-round wide receiver. Right? Like guys that can make plays. Guys that elevated Bama and Mac Jones. That's why he got drafted so high. He didn't get drafted that high because of his arm, his size, his mobility. He was elevated, became a bit of a college star. So I, when I look at this New England, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, those are scheme-dependent players. They're not, they're not going to get open on their own. They don't have a tight end that gets open on their own. It becomes very coach-driven, scheme-dependent. Mac is suppressed. And I believe some of that is, yeah, when we control this thing, remember Brady said a few years ago, I'm going to coach the guys I want to coach. He's also going to coach the way he wants to coach. Where the organization runs through Bill, it started running through Tom. They won Super Bowls with it, but he didn't like it. Well, you remember early Tom Brady, just when he started in for Bledsoe, Bledsoe got injured. Brady was a game manager. It was Belichick's way. We're going to move a defense and special teams. And I'm looking at Brady's numbers. You know, it's the like the fewest touchdowns of his career were right. in like the first five years. Interceptions were high. Young quarterback making mistakes. In his 30s, Brady's throwing tons of touchdowns, far fewer interceptions, throwing more passes. He's a better quarterback. Belichick's just saying, hey, man, you've got a bright upside, Mac, but I don't trust you now. You're, <laughs> you're what, a third-year quarterback? Sorry. We're going to get with you. You know, they picked yeah, yeah. up Gasecki in free agency. So now they got Hunter Henry Gasecki. Probably a lot of two tight end sets, a lot of running the football. A lot. And like, you know, except wide receivers that don't separate. I don't know. I, I don't see Mac throwing it a lot. If he's frustrated, you know what, Mac? Hey, you can go try to make another team in the league. So your positive spin is this is what their personnel is. I would argue the world's changed. Yeah, I would, I would agree. You cannot be the slowest team in the league and win. Well, what, Belichick's, what, 70 years old? Can you just tell a 70-year-old guy, hey, uh, the world is changing. You've got to adapt. I don't think he's 70. He's, he's younger. Isn't he younger than that? 
Am I wrong on I, that? I think he's in his 70s. Well, whatever, he's old. And bottom line is, like, you've got to adapt or die, and Belichick doesn't seem to be adapting with the pieces he's is got Is Belichick right 71? He's aged well. Um, you'd think these NFL coaches would age poorly. He Actually, he and Pete are both 70. Andy like. Reid has consistently adapted to what the league is. Like, he is one of the four. I know we so love Belichick. So your take Reed is. Reid has been incredible. Your take is, this is what they are. They don't see Mac Jones as special. Surround him with receivers that can't separate, two tight end sets, old school football. Yeah. The, the league is zigging to a passing league. We're going to go ahead and zag to running defense and special teams. My argument is this is a way to make Mac Jones very coach and scheme dependent. You're going to do it my way. Yeah. This is not going to be an aerial circus. We are going to win one well, way. I don't think Mac Jones can win. An aerial I, attack. I, I think he could at Alabama when he's got like the best receivers in the country yeah, and they're I, destroying you, people. You and I disagree on Mac Jones. I think Mac is a little better. If you go look at Mac's rookie numbers, they're oh, really good. Oh, come on. We've been over this. Those he faced a, garbage defenses, man. And they beat, beat a bunch of bad quarterbacks. What happened when they got in the playoffs where, against Buffalo? They lost 47 17 or something yeah, well, like that? It was a bloodbath. Well, yeah, that's how you win games in the NFL. You face average quarterbacks. <laughs> for, the, for the record, we, where we would you do put a steak Ma- dinner on the Patriots this year. All right, let's do uh, it. Will they finish ahead of the Jets? <laughs> of course not. God, people, I, I am so torn on them because I, you literally can't win. There is an argument to be made that what they're doing is a little bit sinister and genius. They've said to the league, we're going to do the op. We're not going to outshoot Mahomes. The only way to beat Allen and Mahomes is keep them off the field. So we're going to draft guards. We're going to win close with kickers. We're going to do defense. We can't We can't outscore them. Yeah, so by the way, uh, their defense has changed a lot of players. Remember, they don't want to pay guys once they get right. really good. So their cornerbacks, Jonathan Jones, a young guy who was excellent last year, and they're going to be starting a rookie, the kid Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Like, I don't. Does their defensive front get enough pressure? Judon is awesome. Well, but last year they were third in generating sacks. So they, 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 their, their defensive numbers were skewed last year because they beat, as we talked about, bad quarterbacks. We'll see what happens this year. I'm oh, not optimistic. They're over under seven and a half. What do you have? Yeah, six or seven wins. Oh, come on. Belichick's going to go six and 11? No, no Mac Jones is going to go six and 11. No, I'll bet a steak dinner. I'll go eight, you go six. Steak dinner well, right I, now. I, can I get seven too? <laughs> six or seven? Come There's on. There's no way they only win six. There's no, they'll win six on defense and no turnovers. Bali Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Pauly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition 
made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlanSport.com. That's ProPlanSport.com. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult 21 and older that dips, I'm going to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo Zero Pouches. Black Buffalo's Zero Pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA by American farmers for adult consumers. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. Black Buffalo Zero is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Bold flavor, full pouches. Black Buffalo Zero pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly but still keep the ritual with flavors Dippers Love, Mint, Straight, Wintergreen, Peach, even Blood Orange, all proudly made right here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Kawakami's been covering the Bay Area forever. And so his sources told him, he's well-connected, that the reason the Warriors got rid of Jordan Poole is he was inefficient and extraneous. Basically, drama, pain in the butt, and inefficient. So in the story, I thought this was funny. The Warriors had been in talks to move Poole with the Raptors. And as Jake Fisher reports from Yahoo, the Celtics. Who's crazy now? <laughs> I know a certain host who suggested that. Celtics Warriors were in talks. But the Celtics in the end thought he was, you know, probably a little inefficient and extraneous. So the second thing is there's something called PER, player efficiency rating. Jordan Poole's best year is a 16. Chris Paul's worst year is close to an 18. They just wanted more efficiency. But what they really wanted was less drama. Um, drama doesn't win. I'll give you an example. Drama crushed two NBA teams this year. Memphis was really good, and then they got dramatic in the tank. Dallas was interesting, and then got dramatic, went in the tank. Denver shipped out the only drama they had, Bones Highland, never looked back. The Clippers, we keep waiting, but it's been three years of Kawhi drama. Is he available or not? Monty Williams, DeAndre Ayton, that relationship, they just couldn't get past it, drama. The Lakers remove Westbrook, never look back, different team. You start looking at Miami, Denver, Milwaukee, second half Lakers, they got rid of the drama. Drama is a killer in this league. You can go to the Spurs. Once Kawhi was their best player, Duncan's gone, he was their best player, I think it's like year four or five with Kawhi, Drama ensued. They've never been the same franchise. So Jordan Poole was drama. They just wanted to get him out. And the reason I think drama affects basketball teams more than other teams 
is that it's the smallest professional locker room. There's 13 guys and eight that actually play and six that matter. And if one of them's an agitator and not a lubricator, that's why I've always said guys like Chauncey Billups are so undervalued. They make everybody get along. That is lubricators get along. If a guy's an agitator with only 12 other guys, 13 other guys, he'll blow up the locker room. In the NFL, defensive guys over there, offensive guys over there. In baseball, a third of the team go down to the bullpen. It's different. Pitchers have their own, you know, community. But in basketball, it just takes one. Doesn't take a village. If you got a guy that's difficult, Bones Highland, let's go. Westbrook, move him. Doesn't mean they can't succeed other places. But drama in professional basketball is a killer. And I think they made the right move. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. I may love basketball, but I always think the football culture is superior where things feel more earned. Uh, uh, the too much coddling to our domestic players, Zion, John Morant, they go sideways, uh, given too much too early. Uh, international players have to earn it, play with men when they're 16. They come in more mature, more focused. Uh, but, but this is a great Zach Lowe hosts a podcast, and he's talking about the dilemma with the Clippers, and I don't talk a lot about the Clippers. I, there's a lot of things they do well. Steve Ballmer lives for basketball, richest owner in the NBA by a mile. They're opening a new facility, not this year, but the following year, and I don't think you can open it with a couple of wings that are never healthy. I think they need to have to make a move, bring in Dame, Scoot Henderson from Portland, somebody. you got to have a star to open a building. Ballmer's... You know, Ballmer had those earnings calls and all those big moments on stage with Microsoft when he held the Kawhi Paul George press conferences. He gets it's L.A. You can't stumble into a new building. It's a Lakers town. So Zach Lowe was talking about this, about their, their extensions for Paul George and Kawhi are coming up. <laughs> this would be such a non-starter in the NFL. You would never extend these guys. But in the NBA, you don't want to offend anybody. Here's Zach Lowe. The biggest subplot in the NBA that not enough people are talking about is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers being extension eligible in Kawhi's case in July, I think in Paul George's case in September, because I just don't think based on what I've heard that if those guys walk in the door and ask for four year max extensions, I don't think the Clippers are just giving them to them. Why would they? NFL team wouldn't consider it. There is no, what's the market I think Paul George has a market, and Kawhi's got a smaller one because Kawhi's a better player but simply more difficult. It's like Kyrie Irving. There's a story today he's visiting Phoenix. Nobody thinks he's going to be a Phoenix son. Bradley Beal, Durant, uh, Booker, easy guys to get along with. DeAndre Ayton's a little bit of drama. Vogel's good with bigs. That'll probably be reduced. You don't want to bring drama into that mess. Kyrie's agent flew him to Phoenix. Why? Because they want to make news and feel like they have a market. Kyrie Irving has no market. Dallas is crazy to sign him to a long contract. Draymond Green's got a market. Sacramento's better with him. Portland's better with him. Uh, Detroit is interested, better with him. Dallas, he'd be a great fit with Luka. Like Draymond Green, his agent's also trying to drum up the market, but it's a real market. Kyrie's got no market. You tell me. What is Kawhi's? No good team wants Kawhi. He's just too much drama. And we talked about that earlier. Denver didn't have drama. They got rid of Bones Highland at the trade deadline. A little bit of drama. Got him out of the room. Never looked back. Westbrook drama. Kyrie drama. Remember that? Remember the Brooklyn team that had Harden? 
Kyrie, Durant, all that talent, all that drama blew up the franchise. There's no win in drama. Even if the player is great, there's no now, – now, you can be enigmatic. Anthony Davis, we never know which AD we're getting, but he's not a lot of drama. He's just inconsistent. Who are you getting? I'll live with some of that. I, the, Kawhi, to me, what's the market? Kyrie's got no market. Does Kawhi have a market? You think he's got a big market? I mean, listen, I'm not the biggest Kawhi guy, but we're talking about a finals MVP twice – uh, when he's healthy, he's super effective. I mean, you just you mentioned him in the same sentence as like Bones Highland and some other. He's drama played fifty seven percent of Clipper games. Yeah, not ideal. But you're telling me not if all of, all of a sudden the Clippers said, "Hey, we're offering you a two plus one deal," and Kawhi said, "No thanks, I'm out. I'll test the market myself." What are the Clippers going to do? They're going into the new arena. Are they just going to do it with like? Nor- Norm Powell and, and whoever else they got on that roster? No, I think... I think Kawhi would say, okay, I guess I'll check out the market. Thanks. You know, nonverbal Kawhi. I'll just see what the market has to offer. He bought a, a mega mansion in California. He moved. He chose the Clippers. He didn't want to leave California. Paul George doesn't want to leave. There, He's there, got... What, what leverage? What ju- You know, there is another franchise in L.A. with a basketball team that's probably going to be losing LeBron. After the season, when LeBron goes to play why with would, his son, why wherever. Would the, why would the Lakers want to get in Kawhi business? Well, they're going to lose LeBron. When? Who are they going to fill that void with? When, when are they going to lose him? Remember, LeBron's going to go play wherever his son goes next year. Uh, I don't He's buy do- that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, there's some interesting theories out there. Like, somebody's just going to draft LeBron James's kid high, 11, whatever number, just so they can get LeBron, and ticket sales will go through the roof because that's going to be the toughest ticket in town. You think, Everybody's going to want to see LeBron. You think LeBron's going to leave? LeBron is building like a $150 million house in L.A. So? He's going to go move to Utah for a, for a while? Orlando, wherever. What does it matter? It's just one year playing with his son. Historic stuff. And Lakers are just going to... So Orlando's going to sell the franchise. Uh, you just give them... Uh, yeah, we'll take Paulo Boncaro. You can have LeBron for a year. Uh, no, 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 no. Akeem Olajuwon finished his career with, like, the Raptors. Patrick Ewing was with, like, the Sonics. Yeah, but LeBron's still very good. Right. This past year, he was good. Now he's going to be 38, I believe. But he'll be good this year. He's having his first real surgery. The feeling in LeBron's camp is he'll be better this year. Okay. I'm hopeful that he's better this year. But, again, after this year, he's 39 years old. Well, Brady was good. No, but, I mean, Brady in a sport where people tackle you, we started looking at Brady at 42 he had one of his best years at 44. Games he doesn't even get hit. I mean, LeBron has more minutes and games and all that stuff than any other player in the but history. Of this you sport. can't compare old Ewing and Akeem. Like, Le- LeBron is still a viable top 10 player on any night in the league. Yes, but will he be after this season? I'm, we're talking 2024, 20, 25. I don't buy that LeBron's going to leave his $150 million house and his empire to go play one year in Orlando with his son or Charlotte what, what or D.C. He, he's like he's announced that he's doing this. Wherever he go, whoever drafts his son, he's going to go there. That's why he's a free agent after this season. I'm going to tell you something. If you're the Lakers, you're going to have a lot of leverage because I know LeBron's going to go play in Orlando. I go to Orlando. Give me stuff. I think LeBron's like he's set it up so that he can just walk away okay. after the season. Now, is he going to go say I'll play in Le- uh, Orlando for twenty five million dollars a year? I-, I don't know, but I'm just saying like Kawhi will have a market if he says Clippers, you're not offering me what I want. There's some desperate teams you know, out there. In a weird way, it would be a benefit because if LeBron has realistically one more really high end B plus year, it will be about time to move off him. And yeah. what's the most graceful way to do it? 
let him go pursue yeah. his son. Play with your son. You, Lakers like don't that. look like the bad guy. That's right. And then they have a massive cap space of whatever LeBron's making, 40, that, whatever. That's no. interesting. And they could make a play. That's uh, interesting. You see how the wheels are turning of America? No, you see no. Cowherd was like, oh, oh no chance. Uh, no, no it, it is interesting because I, I do believe when LeBron goes to a franchise, he kind of runs it. And I think there's discomfort. Jeannie Buss is like, no, we're, you know, I mean, there's the Westbrook thing. Uh, polyg- there's a sense that LeBron, although it, it leaks that he has no power, he does have say. Otherwise, Westbrook wouldn't have landed here. And in the end, it would be an easy way to move off LeBron. He wants to go play with his son. He walks away. You have now cap space, and yes. you you move. You got a title with him. You so, got you filled the. I mean, he fills the arena. He fills crypto. So I just looked at the uh, salaries, hoopsite.com. LeBron has a player option after this year that he's going to opt out. Now it is for fifty mil. Again, LeBron's he's like a practically a billionaire. He wants to play with his son. Like, that's known. Um, I don't know that Kawhi would fit with the Lakers. Oh, God. Uh, no. We got a lot of Lakers fans around here. I wonder what they think about that. But Lakers are gonna have opt. Maybe it's you'd, Zach you'd, Levine. You'd, oh god. I know. You'd that become the Clippers. A D and Kawhi. You never know if they can play. And if they do play, holy hell, you got two awesome defenders. Oh my yeah, gosh. Thirty one nights a year they play together. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's I'm not even being Oh, I'm but I forgot in, Austin Reeves there is there with them. We just don't see eye to eye today. (laughs) Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Well, he has as good a right tackle as the sport has had in a decade. He he signed on an extension, which I thought was crucial because my concern is for teams like Philadelphia, they lose Shane Steichen. Uh, Kelsey's getting, Jason Kelsey's getting old at center, which has always been an underrated position on a football team. They had some free agent losses on the defensive side. The schedule's significantly harder. And, I mean, these Eagle fans. I mean, I said they were winning the division. They came after me. Very hurtful. So Lane Johnson reached out and said, we need to talk. And so Lane Johnson's joining. Okay, let's start with this. Is that the concerns? I think Shane Steichen is brilliant. I think the Colts got a star coach. And when Nick Sirianni Lane came to Philly, the first seven or eight games were rocky. He gave play calling to Shane Steichen, and everything changed. Now he leaves. Are you concerned? You saw Steichen in person. He's, I mean, he molds his offense to the player. Should I be concerned about that? Yeah, I mean, it it really goes down to it's a transition in a lot of places. I think when you look, I think at least your argument was, uh, past Super Bowl teams the year after, um, usually they do face adversity. Usually it is a different team. Usually the t- the schedule is tougher. So, yeah, we do have a lot of questions to be asked. Uh, I think Brian Johnson is going to do an exceptional job. Who's been with Jalen for um, you know a long time, um, you know, in his career. But yeah, Shane was very good. He was uh, like you said. I feel like he did a great job with with Herbert and San Diego. Did a good job with Jalen and really knows how to mold the offense around. Uh, their player, and I think he'll do fine with Anthony Richardson uh, with the Colts. But, yeah, to your argument, uh, yeah, I remember uh, the year after the Super Bowl, um, we ended up making it to the playoffs, but the first stretch of the season was very tough. Uh, we didn't play up to our standard and had to sneak our way in. But, yeah, it, it usually is different. Um, but I feel like the mindset going into a thing like this is the focus has to be even more turned up. So when expectations get higher, you just get more in your routine. And, and stick to what's important. Well, between the Sooners in Oklahoma and the Eagles, you have played for arguably the two most rabid fan bases, college and pro. 
Uh, they get very uh, defensive. They love, very tribal. They love their teams. Is give me an, adv- uh, you know, the disadvantage to that is sometimes there's, you know, lack of self awareness and fans are over the top. Give me the advantage. It's unique to playing for a fan base that is on you every snap. Yeah, just what you said. I think when you have the pressure, you have people that care about football in that manner that it forces the player to uh, become the best version of himself. So if like when pressure is applied, um, things are at stake. And yeah, I feel like that's been my advantage, um, at least playing for Oklahoma and for Philly. Uh, yeah, it is a tough market. Uh, players usually don't last very long, but yeah, it, uh, that, that is the advantage is that it keeps you at your best. Are you worried at all? The Buffalo Bills said this offseason, and Josh Allen's 6'6", 250. He can't run as much. He just can't. And one of the stories mm-hmm. about Jalen Hurts was he was banged up for the last six weeks, and yet he's yeah. so tough. At some point, he has to run less, right? That seems obvious. Yeah, yeah I think – I mean, obviously it's been a big part of his game, but it's nothing you don't want to take away. But like you said, there's there's times and there's chances when to, when to – Put your body, uh, you know, at risk. But, yeah, I mean, it's all about making good decisions. You can scamper and you can get a 20-yard, 15-yard gain and not get touched. Do it and be elusive. But like you said, uh, I feel like, you know, quarterbacks, if they consistently run, I feel like the mantra is out is that, you know, usually injuries do occur. And that's yeah. been a pretty common theme. So utilize it to your advantage. And, yeah, um, I think moving forward, just be smart with what you're doing. You re-sign. Now, you're a younger player than Kelsey, and, and and Kelsey, I think, you know, if he retired after the year, wouldn't be shocked. He's as good a center as we probably had in a decade. I mean, he's a dominating center. He's on a short list of the best ever. There was talk yeah. that maybe you'd been banged up. You weren't sure. I was told he may, you've made a lot of money. Was there a moment that you thought, after another grueling year, you got banged up a little bit? It's hard was there a moment that you thought, you know, I made a lot of money. I've had a great life. I'm moving on. For myself or yeah, else? You. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the only time I thought about retiring is whenever I obviously had my ankle injury a few years ago. And the year after was very difficult for me to move or be mobile as much as I was. But ever since that's cleared up, um, I mean, I feel like the injury I had this past year was the recovery was a lot quicker. Well, no, I feel like uh, for me, I was a late bloomer in high school, a late bloomer in college, and I feel like a late bloomer, like my best ball is going to be between the ages of 30 to 35. So uh, in a lot of positions where, um, you know, speed is very important, I feel like for me, the O-line position, I have to be quick in the five-yard box. So a lot of me is about being quick in a short area. So um, as you see, uh, guys are able to play a long time in the tackle position, you know, Whitworth's 40. Jason Peters, 40. I think Trent's, you know, 35, 36. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would like to be able to go out on a high note. But like I said, I, you know, three to four more years uh, is what I see. So what um, years ago, Sean McVay said, I'm not playing any starters in the preseason. I'm not getting these guys hurt. And the Rams started 8-0. And since then, mm-hmm. a lot of teams have scaled back on bigs, especially playing a snap yeah. in the preseason. If you had your druthers, your call, I would have no problem with an offensive lineman saying, man, this season's long on my hands. I play in cold weather in Philadelphia. Like, I, my shoulders, my knees. If it was up to you, would you play in the preseason? 
Uh, I would at least go out there and at least have one game to where you can simulate uh, opening drive uh, if you do play into the second half to face those different situations. But when we do have the joint practices and we do end up playing these guys later in the week for a preseason game, those two days of practice are full. I mean, it's worse than a game for uh, <laughs> everybody involved. I mean, it really is. I mean, you're doing a lot of different drills, a lot of different scenarios. I remember we played Cleveland last year there in the Jets the season before. And those are days that we're going to be talking about for the rest of our lives because it's just like you're looking around. <laughs> I saw I saw Brandon Graham uh, talking to himself, a little bit of self-talk. So anytime guys get to, get to that point, you know, uh, you know you've, you've been pushed. All right, Lane Johnson, by the way, sixth annual Offensive Line Mastermind Summit next Friday, Saturday. 250 offensive linemen attending. Hall of Famer Jay Glazer, Mike Pereira. Are you at that puppy? Yes. Yes, I am there. Um, so, yeah, we started out, you know, six years ago with like 25 people. And, uh, yeah, we're having Orlando Pace, uh, Bruce Matthews, uh, Mark Slareth, just Saturday. Uh, yeah, my whole idea was just to get these guys in the room. And I feel like the community is pretty tight. And, yeah, a lot of the younger uh, college guys are coming, top 50 uh, guys in the NFL. So really just getting uh, – a chance to learn from the best, uh, getting those guys on the stage and letting them talk about their, their careers, follow up by questions. And then, you know, we break down a lot of film. He's hanging out in Napa, probably drinking some nice wine before he has to go to work. Enjoy yourself, Lane. You're great. Appreciate you stopping by. Yep. Thanks for having me, Colin. You bet. Lane Johnson of proud Oklahoma Sooner, Philadelphia Eagle. Those are impassioned fan bases. Now, you grew up, you said a Jets fan. How- it's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 